when we first started doing the play and we were working through the script and stuff, which uh, the play originally was like 30 pages long. And Neil was like, look, I'm, I, here's the story, but I'm not married to any of it. To me, the best idea wins. And that was just like, ding, you know, that was like a light bulb for me as an artist. The best idea wins. And it's true. It's like, what is the best thing for the story? What is the best thing for the characters? What's the best thing for the production? It's like, you have to focus on the kind of group effort instead of just focusing on yourself. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 46. I'm Elise Siebert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to the talented actresses and filmmakers Liz Masucci and Gia Crovitan. We discuss their production company called In the Meantime, Neil Labute's advice, The Best Idea Wins, and Why Not? And that's no. awesome. Yeah. But, like, I'm not a big social media person, but uh, on Instagram, I saw like Reed Murano and um, like talking about Greta Gerwig, and uh, all these women are posting, and they're like, it's time that we we take a little, we're going to show you. Because, it, like, it, they were saying that Sersha Ronan said, I didn't know that I wanted to direct or I didn't have that impulse until I saw Greta Gerwig directing. Uh, Ladybird, and so in honor of that spirit, and now Sersha Ronan wants to direct. So in honor of that spirit, we're going to showcase women in the act of directing to say uh, these are female film fake. These are female filmmakers, and this is what it looks like. And it's not it's not invisible. It doesn't hide. It's like it's real and it exists. So it's like posting pictures of people in the process, women so in cool. the process that's of making films. So it's like Rita really Morano cool. doing cinematography or. Uh, Leslie Headland directing her movie or whatever. And it's really cool. That's awesome. Um, there was a talk, Reed Morano was in it from Sundance. It was like um, women breaking down barriers or something. She's and cool. it, she's so cool. And her work is so specific and beautiful yeah. and, and just like, it's, did she do it's Handmaid's amazing. Tale? The first, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She did. She did the first, the first she, three. She did the first, did she three. Do first three. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I um, her movie Meadowlands with um, mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it was a really powerful film, and, and just, also like she gave like Olivia Wilde like a cha- a platform. You know, I think they were friends or whatever. But Olivia was like, it's from interviews. She said that she wanted something like that she can really go deeper in a character. And I feel like she was only getting cast on like the hot women chick totally. kind of thing. And read like, re- like you can just tell that they took that to the next level, you know, yeah. in terms of like character building and like really dynamic, interesting it's, woman that just wasn't like a pretty, you know, It's such an kick. exciting time, I think, to be actors and filmmakers because the characters are becoming more complex and, and, complicated individuals like we all are and at the same time too something I think Nicole Kidman at the SAG Awards said like we're women in our you know at this time in our lives and we're still you know making work whereas 40 years ago you hit a certain age and you were dead to the industry and so it's like terrifying so we're seeing like it's so exciting because we're seeing women of different colors and shapes and sizes and Uh um different levels of complexity and you know their humanity like they're not all good they're not all bad type thing because a lot of times it was the madonna and the whore you know in right and like no no in between or like the the stock characters that you're like wow this i don't know anyone like this in real life yeah. right you're like the archetypes the yeah 
Um, I remember seeing uh, Reese Witherspoon when she was talking about why she created her production company, and she was talking about. Um, I think it was. I think it was a glamour interview um, where they were honoring her, and she was talking about how. In all of these films and television shows, she was seeing women like asking like, well, what do we do now? And she's like, when in your entire life have you ever heard a woman say, what do we do now? Like, no, they don't do that. We just figure out what's happening and we fix it. And we talk like, she's like, this is just so unrealistic. And she's like, so pay attention to it when you watch films. It's, you'll be amazed at how many so times true. you I re- hear that. I know. Yeah. Like, it's so true. We Like, women like our warriors in life, you know, like the single moms who are working three jobs and like raising their kids and right. It's like, we don't have time to ask, what do we do now? We just do something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, it was, it was uh, very interesting to me to see that that's what it was. And so she said that she posed that question to herself. Well, what do I do now? Because I'm not getting the roles that I want. I'm not seeing the things that I want to see. And that's what caused her to create that, her production company. Get it, Reese. I know. Yeah. I know. It's really inspiring. Holy. What was your guys' journey from transitioning from actresses to producing your own work? I guess we've started, right? Yeah. yeah. Have we started? Yeah. Oh, well, we always we start. We always start. You always just yeah. 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 It's swearing. Like a sneaky. <laughs> okay. Swearing Absolutely. Totally fine. The more, the better. I get yelled at by my grandmother, but I don't it's know. okay. <laughs> my, my mom would be mad at me if I didn't she my, my mom would be disappointed if I didn't have at least one fox. So yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> I'm from Jersey, so yeah. you're like, yeah. It's like the state motto. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, you wear my hat. You wear my hat. Oh my god. The the gentle, the kind gentleman on the way over here. Um, what? what, was, what did How do we make our transition? How did you make your transition from from being actresses, kind of waiting for work to come your way to being like we're gonna produce and we're gonna start. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think there really, <laughs> there really wasn't a transition. It just was like an impulse and something that that we just decided to do. I think creating stuff. So Liz and I met. Oh my god, ten years ago, in uh, an, in an acting class in a scene study class that just meets consistently every every Monday at the time it was every Monday, but now it's, it's Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever. And there was a group of people, like a core group of people who would create work out of that class. They'd produce their own plays. They'd do, you know, uh, nights of one acts or whatever, you know, and, and just create stuff. And Liz was really, um, she was the person that I kind of looked at and was like, Oh wow, I really admire her. Cause she really just goes for it and she's really driven. And she always was producing stuff and was creating avenues for herself to be in things. And so that was really inspiring to me. And we've just stayed friends and we've, we've seen each other so many times through the years. And then, um, the opportunity came to do our film was originally a play and we ended up doing the play together and it was a couple years after that, that we were just talking and, um, the people who were at the short festival where our play was, they started this series called um, Stage to Screen. And they were taking some of those short plays, because where, where do short films live? They don't live really anywhere. They don't have a life beyond maybe festival circuits. So they were like, let's try to create a life for some of these short plays to turn into short films, and then let's you know see where they live. So they had taken a, a, a short, um, one of Neil Butte's shorts and created it into a film. And, and Liz was like, why don't, a couple of years after we did ours, why don't we do that? I mean, we should do it. Like, let's let's make our short into a, a short. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. 
and and it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. I love that. I love that. I'll never forget asking Gia, and she was like, "Yeah," and she had her notebook and pen. She's like, "How do we do it? Like, let's do it." And then it was over like a summer. Yeah. And once we decided, we were like very committed. And Gia, when she commits to something, she really commits. And I'm the same way because you know some people will be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that sounds great," and then like you're trying to email them and get it going, and it just doesn't happen. But yeah, we once we said yes, we were like, "Okay, how do we do this?" You know, and luckily we had done the play. We had like Neil Lebu, you know, kind of guiding us and making, helping with shifting the script and making it shorter. So we had like a good support system. Totally. But yeah, I think once we said well, we wanted to do it, like we did it. But I mean, I think you're you're probably asking more along the lines of when you're acting and maybe things aren't, you know, you're not yeah. working as much. I mean, I think that that's the greatest misconception about being an actor is that you actually spend very little time acting. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time waiting or you spend a lot of time preparing. And any minute for me, any if I go in an audition, I have one audition a day and I get to do my work for five minutes. That's I've done my work for the day. And that's just what brings me joy. But you know, psychologically, <laughs> you can only take so much when you're not doing the thing that you love and that you feel like you were called to do. So I think that obviously there's a part of us that are, we're, we're both type A's and we're both like, oh, let's go get them. And, and we're both trying to control the uncontrollable. I think that that's also a problem for people who are actors. It's like, you want to control something and there's just zero. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the fucking truth. It is. So, uh, it so is. yeah. So I think that See, there, it's, there's twofold. It's one, I had already seen that it was just, it was totally cool and okay to go off and do your own thing and create. Like I had, my dream was always to be a working actor and to be a hired hand. I didn't really have ambitions outside of that except doing that. And I do that. That's what I do for my living. That's how I make my money. And I'm so happy to do that. But I think sometimes you can also see, you can, you can evolve and you can change and you can see that there are things greater than you and you feel called to do stuff. And I think that being those type A people and Liz and I kind of wanting a little more sense of control, it just kind of naturally came in. And then when the impulse was there to like, Hey, we should make our short. There's like a a void, like this, this stage to screen initiative. They're asking us like, there's a grant we could make the money. It was just like, Oh wow. Universe. The universe is saying make this. I feel like a lot of times films that are supposed to be made that all that serendipity happens. Like all the, all the pieces come together and they just fall, like they just fall into place. Mm. And you know, not that there's no hiccups or anything, but, but I'm always like, if this, if this script is, you know, (laughs) meant to to be made, it's going to be made, you know, especially, um, I think it's really cool that, um, you guys had it as a play first and produced it as a play. And then, like recircled back to it a couple years later to make a film. Yeah, and I think when you're a young actor starting out, I think it's hard to get the courage to actually produce and make your own stuff, but that's where you learn. You know, you're not going to learn necessarily just waiting at home for your agent to call. Like, I don't know what I had in me to like make myself do that when I was starting out, but I know that some of the work I produced wasn't very good, but I knew that I grew from it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So... I'm was, glad that it I was really good. I mean, I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I all think of, it was really good. I know I saw some some of the plays I did were like okay. There's a, a lot of stretch. Shanley, a lot of John Patrick Shanley, a lot of John Patrick Shanley because I you know can do the New York accent, whatever. But you know, I think it's just it was a cool collaborative collaborative experience that I learned from. 
I um, love how supportive you two are of each other. Like I can see it so much. I saw it the first time I met you and it's so opposite of what your film is. I know. Like the story <laughs> of the film. Uh, like oh. how was that? Like having such a good, I mean, I'm sure having the friendship helped with, with creating those relationships, but how, how is well, wor- working it, on, on like kind of being nasty to another person that you admire? I think, I think we were talking about this on the way here. Like, I think when you're, when, for me at least, like starting out, I was like so insecure. You know, like a part of me was confident enough to like be an actor, but the other part of me was like, what am I doing? I suck. And I think... <laughs> Who likes me? And I think, I think when you're nasty to other people, like that's out of your own insecurity. Like, so like pulling from that, and we all know what that's like, like when you get jealous or you have that snappy moment, you're like, oh, that's on me. That's not the other person. So to pull from that... And try to play with in in that zone like was helpful because really it's the character's like own psychology that's like making them kind of go crazy on the other person and like try to psych them out and like totally really be a a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, have you guys ever experienced that before in an audition? Like having people oh yeah act totally. that way absolutely yeah all the time. <laughs> yeah, you you had an interesting thing. I feel like Gia had some stories in a waiting oh. room. Like, I feel like you've had. Do you right. have one yeah, for pick us? Pick one. Pick one yeah. and tell us A good us one. waiting story. I, uh, a waiting room story. I mean, look, it's just, it's uh, it's the most weird. Uh, okay, back up. For anyone who's listening who doesn't, you've probably done a fabulous intro and stuff. But for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, I'm Gia. My friend Liz and I, we produced a film called Good Luck and Farsi about two actresses in a waiting room right before their audition and the, you know, mind games and bad shit stuff that ensues when you're just with one other person and waiting. <laughs> waiting for like the so, of your life. There you go. There's the backstory. But um, I I just think that... I the. The the uh, the whole situation of an audition is just so weird, right? I mean, it's very gladiatorial. It's like you're sitting in a room with tons of people who look exactly like you. Maybe they're five pounds thinner. Maybe they've got, you know, extensions in, whatever. And you're just like, oh, this is weird. I'm competing against like 10 me's. And it's... and. And and then you're sitting there and you're just going through this mental kind of game of like, how can I stay in the zone? Whatever your zone is. And then the people start talking to you and you're questioning it like, oh God, am I, should I talk to them? Should I not? Should I prepare? Should I not? And meanwhile, you're also like, oh, but I have to stay in the character mindset. So it's just like, and it's so funny. I talk about this in no other, you know, realm does this happen where we're, you're just pitted against people in this very like raw and... I can only say gladiatorial. It's a word that keeps coming to my brain because it's just like, you know, like I'm ready to destroy you. You just can (laughs) feel that in the room. And um, I think uh, I've had tons of experiences where I've just had people psych you out or it's like they sense what your comfortability is. You know, some people are in uh, waiting rooms and they've got headphones in. So that's a sign. Don't talk to that person there. They've got their process. Or, you know, you will see that someone's just sitting there and then there will be that person who just sits right next to them and starts talking to them. And you're like, is that a mind game? Like, are they talking to you on purpose or whatever? So it's just like any kind of, I mean, having guys hit on you in the waiting room right before you're about to go in or whatever. It's just weird and uncomfortable. But um, Liz and I also, I mean, we're friends, but we're also like actors who compete against each other for lack of a better word. I mean, we see each other at auditions all the time. So it was a very, you know, like, how do we take this situation that's very, 
um, real for us where you're in direct competition and what can we say about it that is like, like a little more interesting and a little more like, why do we do this to each other? Like why, you know, kind of investigate that. I don't know. I'm really interested yeah. in why the behavior occurs. Yeah. And it was kind of refreshing when we kind of started working on the play and dug into that, you know, cause there probably was like a time in our like friendship where we started auditioning for the same things and like any person that's like always competing would be like, oh, like, you know, like, what do they have better than me? Like, totally. you know, it's natural, even if you're, it's like perfectly amicable, like, but then once we worked on the play, which was about that, and then like started working together as like business partners, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was, it was like refreshing to like have a friend that is like competing with you, but also on the same team. Totally. You know, so that was like a big kind of like growing up point for me and also just like refreshing as an actor to be like, oh, we're all kind of like going to be, it really doesn't matter what the other person does, you know? No, well, because you're either the person or you're not the person, right? And and it's not, it's it's like roles are kind of made for people. It's like really, really, really weird. And I found that in like my directing too. Like there's just, I don't know, there's just like this this is the person like there's no, it's, yeah. it doesn't mean they're better than everyone else, but this is, you know, the person that speaks, like mm-hmm. brings this character alive. I had a casting director once I it was for a commercial audition and we had the worst. Yeah. We've been waiting for an hour <laughs> and we go in the room and it, the director, it was kind of weird because the director was like in front of like the whole, there was like 10 people in the room mm. and like the director was ahead of everyone. And he's like, how's it going? I'm like, Oh good. You know, he's like, sorry about the wait. I'm like, not a problem. And he's like, is it a lion's den out there? And I was like, no, he's like, <sighs> are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no, actually I was just talking to people and we were having a really good conversation. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm either the girl you want or they are. And he's like, oh, okay. Like it was like, he wanted there to be like, Oh, interesting. And I was like, this is, this is really weird. I don't yeah. know if I even want to work with you because you want me to be out there fighting for yeah. my life. And this is for a commercial. This isn't yeah. a dream job. Yeah. I mean, but, it, but isn't there that expectation that like, I don't know, you put <clears throat> two women in a room together and you're just like, well, I guess they're going to. I guess oh, they're going to kill each other. There's no way that they could possibly be friends. Yeah, it's funny because I do watch guys' behavior in a waiting room, and they are definitely more just, like, chill. They got their stuff everywhere. They're eating a sandwich. Not all of them, but there is something about, <laughs> every like... Every single one in every room. Yeah, but girls are, like, I could feel the energy from women sometimes. I, I don't know. I, I, is it a cultural thing? Like, I don't really know. Is it, like, naturally we are, like, walk in to be set up against each other? I, I I don't yeah. think it's changing. Like, do you feel it changing though? Because I feel like, especially in the last like four or five years, like women have really held me up and I've held them up. And like, especially everything that's going on in the world right now in yeah. the last year. Um, and, and especially with like film, Leslie and I were talking about this, like you're either the person or you're not the person. Whereas something like more theater, more musical theater stuff where it is like, you need to sing this high note, you need to kick your face, blah, 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 blah. That, <laughs> to me, and Leslie and I were talking about this, felt more competitive than going in for a TV a film. Yeah. yeah. TV film stuff, yeah. yeah. Well, because that's what I started in was musical theater. 
And I stopped specifically like for the reasons that you guys are talking about. I was like, I, this is like a really toxic environment. And, I, and I'm sure like not all musical theater is that way. It was just the whatever I was experiencing yeah. at that time. But I was just kind of like, mm, yeah, I don't want this in my life. And then I started doing more TV film stuff. And the more that I did that, I was like, oh, it's not like that at those auditions. It's mm. people don't have that same kind of feeling to where they literally walk around and try to intimidate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have so many fun stories too. <laughs> it's probably because it's more embodied. Like you actually are more physical when you have to do those things. Yeah, I don't maybe. really know. I don't know but either. But I, I do agree that it is, I feel a shift and I don't know, we were talking about this too. Like I don't know if it's because I'm maturing and like being in your thirties, you just have like, you know, I just feel like I'm a different actor. I'm a different person, mm-hmm. obviously. Like last year I was in LA and it was right after the election. I was with a bunch of women in a room and the pilot was like kind of political. Anyway, somehow the election came up and everyone just kind of like looked at each other and we were all like, oh my God, you know? And it just was like, we kind of all had a moment where we were like, wow, this is really, this really sucks. Like we're really bummed. And then someone started talking about their daughter and like what they were. And we were, it was just like a nice moment. It wasn't about like, we kind of all knew, it seemed like we all knew the sides. We weren't trying to psych each other out. Like Mm -hmm. we just, it was all in our minds. Yeah. Like we were all just kind of like, it had just happened. So it was kind of nice because I felt like that was the first time where, you know, something was so catastrophic happening and we were all able to like kind of have a moment to like not even really like talk politics, just be like, oh, you know. I had that moment. I was in the waiting room um, at NBC and they had the news on. It was right after the election and we were all like, can you turn it off? Can we, like, can we please, like, turn the news off It's PTSD. We just really can't. (laughs) We have to go in for this audition and we're, you know, like, this big screen TV in this small waiting room. (laughs) You're like, I can't. I literally cannot do this right now. Can you please make it go away? Yeah. Yeah. It's like similar. That's, That's interesting. So what other projects are you guys working on with the production company? Well, we are, um, we're writing, I, I'm, I'm writing and I'm going, <laughs> okay. That wasn't meant to be pressure. Like if you're not working on anything at this exact moment, no, no, that's no, no, okay no. too. No, we, we are. are. It's just, it's, it's a like, weird thing to say. And it kind of, you know, to like dovetail onto the, what you had first asked, which is about how did you make the transition from right. actors to producers? I'm going to, I've written in, I'm going to direct a short, um, upcoming here and, and this is Gia in March or April, I'm not sure when. Um, We're still working out timing, but, um, and Liz has done, she's got this incredible um, poetry series that she's done, shorts based around poems by Maya Angelou and Ruby Kerr and a couple other really phenomenal poets. So we've got like a couple of different like things that are in, you know, different forms. But um, uh, the thing about like I've never wanted to be a director. I've always just admired directors and I'm just like, yeah, I don't have the fortitude or the mental kind of, I don't think my brain can oversee in that way. Like it's just so kind of specified to acting and doing that job, doing that kind of storytelling. But there just came a point where after we did our short and having the process of working with Jess and, um, and seeing what it all entailed, it was just like, yeah, why not? Why not do it? Why not? Um, I'm so inspired by people like Dee Reese or or Greta Gerwig who are like making these really profound movies and um, 
And, and I was just like, yeah, why not? Why can't it be me? And why There's, can't we just yeah. do that? So, so that's we upcoming. Liz has got some things that she's got going on. And then I'm going to do this short, which just kind of came out of nowhere and it's happening. Super exciting. That's there's, amazing. There's something about taking ownership of your voice and vision and being like, yeah, why not? Why not? Exactly. Right. What and said. she also like, wrote it all on her own. So, I mean, she had some yeah. help, but like creatively, like as a team, but you sat yeah. down and wrote the script. So. Yeah. I worked with some actors. We improv some scenarios and then I, I collected yeah. all the improvs and recorded them and then listened to them and then spent, you know, over the holidays some time just like sifting through and what, what is exactly the story I want to tell? And then like taking some of our improv and some of like the direction that I knew that I wanted to go in and I wrote a script. It made me think of Greta Gerwig in that in an interview she just did for Hollywood Reporter. She was like, "Yeah, I loved movies growing up, but I like I thought they just like happen. I didn't realize like people made them." <laughs> I saw that interview and too. And I was like, I know. "Like I know. growing up, like got little boys would maybe get like a camera or like." She's like, "In my life, like I just didn't know that women can like make movies." So I think that's great that like people are taking images or pictures of, of women because the more people see it, like the more it yeah. maybe happen. People get the confidence to do it. Even you know? just just right now, when I just had my like verbal explosion, I it, it's so it's a weird thing to say. I'm gonna write and direct something, like that's a weird thing to think about and to take ownership of, and it's kind of cool because it's it's very empowering and it's very um, but just when you don't think that that's like something that you're ever really going to do and it just was never something it's it's like kind of like oh wow i'm going to do this thing that seemed so far away but it's really it's kind of special so sorry i had a blah, blah. no it's good there's no it's everyone good. has blah, blah, blah. Yeah. we have them all the time so um yeah there is just something beautiful about giving yourself that permission to to think in that different way and to create in a way in in a way that you might not have thought of before, but it is, it's like you have this belief that limits you to your true like and full potential, right. um, which is understandable because that's yeah. kind of how we're taught to be quote unquote realistic about yeah. life and how things work is by, you know, well, this is practically what you can do. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so it's nice I, that we're having I that love, shift from it. I love that they're posting photos because Reed Romano also talked about um, in the interview how people would, when she was focusing on cinematography, like, can you hold the camera? And she talks about she was seven months pregnant, and I forget the, the type of camera, but it was like this huge camera, and she was like shooting a film with it. And it's like, because women are badass and yeah, they get totally. shit done. And yes. like, they're like, oh, what? I'm pregnant. I'm going to have this baby. Or yeah. like, women are like breastfeeding and like in between takes. I like, know. I know. I don't or know. Pumping or whatever. So resilient. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, kind of thinking about what you're saying too about the, are we noticing like a shift in tone or shift? I think that obviously everybody's always been collaborators and we've all worked together, but I really truly feel like the spirit of collaboration and the spirit of kind of we're, we're coming together to make something greater than ourselves. I don't know if it's because of the political influence or what, but like collaboration is just so on my mind and more than ever, it's, it's like feeding me in a way that, you know, being an actor can be a really solitary and lonely thing. And I don't think people talk about that either because you do your work on your own. You, you have to kind of conceive and conceptualize on your own until you're there. I mean, listen, if you're theater, it's a different story, but for film and television, it's kind of a very lonely trajectory until you're there on the day on the set. And then you, what do you do with it? You, you, it's gone. You're done. You shoot a day and then that, all that material, all that preparation is done. You don't get to touch it again. 
that's why I love theater. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but in the way that like when when Liz and I decided to create this company and why we picked in the meantime, because in the meantime, while our life is happening, we want to work together. And and who better to do stuff with than a person that you trust, a person whose work you like and enjoy and a, a person who you admire and someone who's also like, man, I got your back. And like, we're, we're going to go through this together. And I think like our friendship has evolved because of our artistic collaboration in the best way possible. And that's what's been like really, and I, and I'm seeing that evolution of, of, or I, I don't even know. It's not an evolution because obviously people have collaborated for thousands of years, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so prominent and in a positive vein it's yeah. not, we're not like at loggerheads or it's not so hyper competitive. It's kind of this like really cool collaborative I even thing. see that with like the Big Little Lies team. Like I feel yeah. like they all, I don't know if everyone's producers on it, but I just like notice that everyone's like really excited that they're all, like they're just all this like unit and it just like is more in your face. But it's like, it's really nice because I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like we should all be supporting each other and especially like, women's stories right now. So I do think it's like a snowball effect. Like I feel, I hope people see that and are like, yeah, that, that actually is a more joyful way to work, like a better way to work in terms of like output, you know, but yeah, I mean, it can be a lonely, a lonely experience, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to it be have necessarily, to be. Yeah. necessarily. Yeah. When you find your tribe and your work gets better too. I've noticed like working with people in practice groups that I have, like we support yeah. each other and all of our work gets better together. You know, like two brains are better than one, five brains are better than two. <laughs> like right. collaboration, even as even in your acting or your filmmaking, it just makes everything right bigger and deeper and more layered and totally you know i mean that's, that's why like big companies go on like retreats together yeah. and like i mean it makes sense like psychologically that it would just be better as a team that's something that actually neil uh neil abute said in our process when we first started doing the play and we were working through the script and stuff which uh, the play originally was like 30 pages long and neil was like look i'm i here's the story but i'm not married to any of it to me, the best idea wins. And that was just like, ding, you know, that was like a light bulb for me as an artist, the best idea wins. And it's true. It's like, what is the best thing for the story? What is the best thing for the characters? What's the best thing for the production? It's like, you have to focus on the kind of group effort instead of just focusing on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and then you get the most mm -hmm. um, gratifying work out of it. And, and you so, get the best work. You get the best work. Absolutely. And so I really like, I credit Neil for kind of giving me that um, and giving us really that that yeah. kind of like opening the floodgates and being like, all right, this is when you're when you're open and when you're asking for things, that's really something to overcome and to really like. What a champion. great example too of somebody who's very established in the world of writing to to be like, hey, I might not have all the best ideas, yeah. you know, especially like, as a writer because yes, writers are, writers you, can be very like it needs to be mm, this way, my totally. vision. Um, and very precious with their yeah, words. Yeah, and it's like, totally. let's play. Because if we start playing and these, you know, they're like golden mistakes that happen and they they can be some of the best things about right. a project. Happy accidents. Yeah. Those oh are the best. God. Yeah. They are the best. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like. That's why I like rehearsals. Like I kind of miss <laughs> rehearsals because with TV and film, yeah, you might like rehearse 
in your trailer, like, you know, you get quickly, a table read and you're, if you're you know, reading off the of sides that are like <laughs> tiny and you're like trying to be spontaneous and you're in a puffy coat because it's freezing. But like in theater, you know, you try to bring some of that to it because it just makes it, yeah, it makes it more fun and you find those moments. But we can yeah. change that as producers, right? We can allow yeah. time for rehearsal and allow a space space for that. Um, just hire people that will work for free. <laughs> well, because like, I you know. know. <laughs> like, as, we're we didn't do for that. Four weeks. Yeah. Don't you remember? <laughs> we paid everybody. That's this true. is true. This is we absolutely true. Our goal for our first thing was we said, this is, we're going to use our really own money great. and we want to pay every single person who works on this, on this short, because we believe that their work is, is necessary and should be compensated. How did you guys raise money for your project? We, Oh, it's self-produced. We did it. That's yeah. good. And no, we had a small grant, too. We did get okay. the grant from the Stage to Screen Initiative because we did do the play, and, and they had raised money in order for, I think, what did they cover? Our post-production costs. Yeah. Which oh, is, that's which huge. Is, yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Most people forget about those costs. They yeah, I know. So they're just like, oh, you made a movie. They all their money on shooting, and then they're like, yeah. oh, we need a color. Like half of it is post. makes their And it's really expensive. And then it takes like two years to finish. Yes. And yeah. marketing and film festival entries and postcards and websites and yeah everything i know i know yeah but for that we were like let's do this because maybe this can be like our calling card to raise money for the next one like we have totally. something on the books yes. like we're proud of it yeah you know let's learn from it and make something else and keep going but and yeah we also were pretty ambitious with making it happen that summer that we met um <laughs> we had some we had some hiccups on the road just in terms of oh like the day of the shoot. Quite just, literally. We, there was um, a hurricane. Yeah, the hurricane. A hurricane through. and a giant accident on the BQE getting to set. So we were <sighs> stand still for two hours on the BQE, like trying to get to the set at a call time of what, I'm 6 a.m.? Like, I'm like in tears crying. We're like just, <laughs> like, everyone's like eating their breakfast. We like, two days We're shoot. never going to get there. Like <laughs> Each day we were shooting. We didn't want to go over 12 hours. So each day we were yes. going to shoot. And we were up at like 4 a.m. And we, we, we got were ready to go. Everyone van. got there on time yep. to the van. Oh, and man. we were two hours behind on the first day. So we were like, wow. And we were just sitting in traffic. Driver. Like, Don't drink and drive, damn it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a pretty good rule for life, yeah. I think. But we were pretty calm considering we didn't know maybe, if it was going to be a day or not. Maybe you were. I think I was a little wound up. <laughs> I think I remember that first take we did and there was some exterior noise. And I'm like, God damn it, guys, we're shooting. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, yeah. Oh, that would be, especially on the first day, because you don't have anything in the can yet you're like yeah nothing. yeah it's exactly like, you like, don't know how we never worked with the dp before yeah. we didn't know the team you know we had really just met them because the dp brought on some people that they worked with so we were like this is up for grabs like at this point yeah. like we're gonna show up and do our work but like we're only two of 14 people yeah so Right, and it's a collaboration, so exactly. you need all of exactly. those people. So you have to be and as a producer, like you're kind of babysitting, and you're, you know, trying to be problems. patient, yeah. but like making sure, you know. So sometimes you need to be hard, be like, guys, we have, you know. So I don't think we had a we hired an AD. We nope. were kind of like the ads for yeah, it. We were kind of so we had to be ADs. the actors, the producers, That's and be like, tough. we have to be done by <laughs> the union reps. The <laughs> To Everything. switch, you yeah. know, yeah. switch those hats and switch your brain from like being in the creative world to like 
Yeah. Those are different parts of your brains to go back and, and then forth. just sit in the chair and be like, take a breath and be like, what am I doing right now yeah. as the character, you know? It's probably like so enriched your performances having rehearsed it as a play. Oh, yeah. yeah it was in your body, in your We could, do it. We could not like, have done no. it if we yeah. didn't do the play. So you're going mean, to hire an AD for your next stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. AD is essential. I know. They're They're super important. They really are. But that was the great thing is like we were were going through the script and the script ended up being what, 18 pages, I think? Something like that, yeah. And so Jess would say, okay, we just want to shoot. We're we're not shooting in order or whatever. We're going to shoot 15 to 18 and we're just going to do like three takes of it, just go all the way through. And we'd be like, great, got it, boom. And we could just jump right in because we had done the play and we had luckily, you know, talking about rehearsal, we had had five rehearsals before we yeah because we, we were also editing during that time too yeah because so we were like we rehearsing were Jess, slash cutting Neil, lines Liz and myself we were all working on the script together but we were also rehearsing it together and we were talking about you know the potential shots and all of that so so we were really lucky in the fact that we did do this play didn't like what we had to say. <laughs> I guess not. So we we fell out for a little bit. We don't know when. So we'll we'll figure that out in post. <laughs> That's another thing that I feel like people, when you're making your own films, yeah. uh, something's always going to go wrong at some point, and it's just like how you're able to deal with that going wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and being able to get yourself back on track. Yeah. Um, that, like you, like your Like the hurricane. <laughs> and hurricane. Yeah. And people, like, come to you if you're either the director or producer, like... What do we do? Yeah, what do we do? Um and you kind of have to make people feel like they're okay and they're going to do their jobs just fine. And I don't know, you might have your doubts, but you just kind of have to keep going. You know, like time is money. In but any, it yeah. also gives you just such a respect and compassion for everyone working. Like every single, like I know. every single job, you're just like, gosh, it's, it's amazing how anything gets made. I don't even know how people put on their clothes in the morning. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of amazing how things it's get made. It's kind of incredible how things get you made because it. you've got all these disparate working parts and it's like from, you know, everybody who is there from the, the lowest, the lowest people on the totem pole to the biggest people in any kind of production. You're just like, man, it's like people are really giving their energy and their time and their, and it's just, it's and so, their expertise. Their expertise. Like, it's so yeah, cool. Yeah. And, and there are people behind the scenes who aren't even on the set. Like let's talk about casting directors who never get talked about. Like we had two really fabulous casting directors who, who helped us so much in casting Tony Patano. Cause obviously Liz and I cast ourselves as the casting director, <laughs> um, Marsha DeBonis and Amy Christopher. And they, they helped us. They didn't have to help us. They're, they're yeah. legit casting directors who work in the world and who are very busy women and they helped us. And it's, and they found like, a great casting director for you guys. For oh, your Tony. Yeah. Tony was, she's yeah, she's great. kind of perfect she's, for that. Yeah. Kind of perfect. Like when she comes in and, I love the scenes yeah. where she just doesn't say anything. Yeah, she's no, like, she yeah. just it's like just fills up some water and yeah. she's like one minute. Yeah, or just puts she up her finger. She doesn't even say one yeah. minute. She's like, and you all, you've all been in that situation. Even if you're just interviewing for like a regular job, yeah. like you're yeah. like all amped up, like ready to go, and they're just like, hold on, you're like, that's something yeah. like. I try to explain to people outside of the business, like auditioning is like a job interview, like. Yeah, it that's that's what it is. Bring you your just, resume. You just yeah. go on a lot of them all the time, <laughs> and you're just wearing outfits that you might not normally wear, mm-hmm. like 
have to do your makeup, makeup all the time and your and, hair and yeah. Um, lots of blowouts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I have like a special like blowout checking account. You're like I, this. This goes into this straight off. into the yeah, yeah, into, into your, the budget. Although maybe not anymore. Budget. Yeah, they might not be right off anymore. anymore. Right. No, you just have to incorporate yourself. No. And if you do that, then yeah, I did that. Too, that I know did it do is. That. It was worth it in the end. I, yeah. I feel like well, now yeah, it's going to be. It's it, chaos. it depends. I think it depends on what like how much income you usually make from it. But I know that's one of the things I'm looking at this year as well. And uh, how sad. I know. <laughs> it's weird because corporations aren't people, but I guess that's the new rule. They they're are. treated like people. They're, no, they are people. They're treated yeah. like people. I mean, I think the saddest thing to me was when one of the uh, congresswomen were like, so teachers in my state can't write off supplies that they buy for their for their students for education purposes where teachers yeah. are getting paid nothing, but somebody can write off a private jet because... It's a corporation. Business. It's, it's like so really because Mark. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's another, another, another thing too. Like yeah. putting this all in perspective. Like you know, we get to do what we love, and there's a lot of frustrations with the business. But like ultimately, you know, doing all this work is like it can be stressful. But it's like we get to do what we love like every day, yeah. um, and there is a lot of joy from it and. Yeah, th- there's ups and downs, of course, but yeah. it's kind of like, wait, like let's think about what we do for a living, yeah. right? You know, like and yeah. and Super also exciting. the purpose that you do it for, like yeah. um, for your own because you love doing it, and also, um, you know, maybe you want to say something like with your company, you want to give voices to women who might not get it in other avenues, and yeah. uh, you know, the fact that you have that sort of dedication to it, and if we, if if we make set or creating this a horrible experience when it's something that's supposed to be so helpful and wonderful and joyful, it's like defeats the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so reminding ourselves of that, you're right, is is vital to being able to continue to remember that we do this because we love it. Yeah. And like the storytelling element of it, like for Go Luck and Farsi, if people watch it, I hope that they feel one, like they laugh and two, they're like, oh my God, I've been in that situation. Like I thought I was the crazy one. Like it's all, (laughs) you feel like you can relate. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel when I watch something, I'm like, oh, I thought I was alone in that. Like glad someone else felt that. Like they put it in words that I couldn't even (laughs) phrase in my brain. Yeah. You know, so it could be unifying. Like that's why we do this. I just love the credits. Like that's my favorite part of the whole thing. (laughs) I just love it so much. You oh, guys yeah. have to, if you're listening, you have to watch it. It's really funny. It's a really, really great film. I'm really Thank upset you. that I didn't keep watching all the way through the credits now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. I'm going to have to do it. There's a little going. nugget. It's you got every little... last drop in there. <laughs> I love when movies leave a little nugget. Like, that was the best thing as a kid in a theater. Like, wait, wait, they might have it. Oh, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway. That's what yeah. I was thinking of, Thanks. laughing, laughing at all the way until. Yeah. We'll probably post it soon, like right. publicly. Great. So people can see it either like, you know, we hope, you know, we'll get it on like a YouTube or something, but then hopefully like a site, we were talking about this, like a site will pick it up and maybe want to do like a bit about yeah. it in terms of if it's just about the business or about women, you know, so we'll see where it goes. Well, but let us know and we'll post yeah, on sure. our social media. For yeah, we love sharing stuff that's going on with our guests. Um, even if they're not a current guest, if they're past guests, we love sharing all the things that you have going on. So Yay. 
please feel free to tell us anytime things are going on. Um, Elise, you haven't asked your favorite question and I'm dying to know. Okay. If you guys had an unlimited budget, what would your passion project be? Is there any story or anything that Mm. you would want to make or a play you would want to do? Hmm. I mean, yeah, I had a couple of ideas immediately pop into my brain, but I'm not going to say them because (laughs) (laughs) if it happens, I'm going to make it happen. I don't want anyone to take my idea, but, um, I will say that I really love World War One, and I think that there's some really interesting stuff that we can uncover about World War I. It was just a time in America where I think because it was like the kind of the beginning of modernism and the beginning, the awakening of things of technology and like film and medicine and stuff. It was so exciting. And it, the, 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 the influx of immigrants coming in. I mean, we had so many different people coming into this country at that time and it, everybody was kind of mixing and melding together. And I think that there's something really cool and sexy and just kind of like shocking in a way that that if, if we look back on it now, we would be like, wow, that was really modern and progressive. Like all these people work together and, and yeah, women <laughs> couldn't vote and there were things <laughs> going on, you know, there was a lot of racism, but, but you could start to see the kind of um, hope for this like really equal modern future, like happening right as World War One was dawning. And, and it's really fascinating to me. So something in there, I like it. I like that. Mm. I like it. That's funny you say that because I was thinking about this book, um, A Tree That Grows in Brooklyn, and it took place like right before World War One, and it was about like an Irish family, Irish immigrant family in Brooklyn, and their experience and like their relationship to their family being in a new country and trying to adapt. Um, and I read the book and I was like, it was right when I like wanted to produce stuff and I emailed my agent. I was like, I'm going to make this book into a movie. And they didn't laugh at me, but they were like, oh, yeah, that, like Warner Brothers has that book. Or like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, so, that's like, so does everybody else. Other people and to the other one was um, Valley of the Dolls, Love. which was a movie. But I was like, they need to remake this and make it more like relevant today. You know, like what Ooh. women did at that time to kind of try to like fit in and the and literally the dolls that they were like the pills that they were taking like the Judy Garland's you know um and I was like that book too and he's like yeah Paramount Um, (laughs) (laughs) you like big ideas yeah because they gave me like a a list of books that the agency like has rights to and they were all like I was like I'm not gonna go read like 400 books I was like these are the books you know yeah, and he was like yeah. yeah those are already I mean they are already been made into movies but like you know like 40 50 years ago Liz is so. the uh, Ron Howard of know-how <laughs> love it love it but I just got excited by those of stories course. you know yes. I was like because wow, they're great really kick-ass stories. About these stories and usually like you know, well, you get ideas from many, reading. How many books? I mean, books turn I into mean, films exactly. and shows. I mean, especially Just right now. Just get your mind yeah. going. Yeah. Wait, like, what are you, have you guys answered this? We have not we answered, never this. answered this you? question. Oh my gosh. Turn the I don't tables. Even, uh, this is so weird. What I don't would know you what do? To do. If I had an unlimited budget. This is Elise. Um, so I grew up, I, I grew up as a dancer. And the Nutcracker was really special to me. And I wouldn't tell the Nutcracker as the ballet tells it. Yeah. But I would make some kind of film that incorporates the music and make a film. 
Yes, such a good that's idea. That's what I would sounds do. Sounds amazing. That's that's what I would do. The, and the I would music. include dancing oh. in it. I would include dancing in the storytelling of it. But that music is just like that's like same home, for me. I grew up a dancer. Yeah, like, I hear Nutcracker and it. Yeah. Oh my god. So that, so like being in like the realm of like a wrinkle in time or um, what's the the blue avatar? Like having an unlimited budget where you could create this like magical realism world. Ooh, yeah. 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 Okay, Leslie's turn. And now I feel really bad because I honestly have no idea. Um, that's okay. <laughs> well, no, that's such a wonderful answer. I love the Nutcracker too. We yeah. went this year. My husband mm. loves the music and we every year say that we're going to go and we've never done it. And this year I was like, damn it, we're getting tickets. And we went. Yes. And it was magical. Wait, I was did you see sick. City Ballet or um, ABC? Um, City yeah, nice. it was it was incredible. But I was really sick. I had like a hundred and oh, no. one or three fever. But I went and I loved it. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know. I um, in general, when I'm like thinking, creating ideas, and writing, I always come up with like the biggest things. I my um, my imagination is very vivid. So I imagine if I were to have an unlimited budget, I would definitely do something that was that was like magic realism type. Because I love that like world of that um, that lives in a grounded real place, but that um, has this this element of things that are not um, what we see. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, really something does. along those lines. I've never I've never really allowed myself to fully develop that idea because I have so many other ideas it that takes I have me back to, to like being a kid, like what. Yeah. You would where you'd take yourself, you know. Your well, yeah, fantasies. and it's so easy to limit your creativity by like, oh, I can't afford to do that, so what can right. I afford to yeah. do? Or, yeah, you know, it's like Stranger Things, you know. You're like, oh, oh, my wow, gosh. those guys like definitely like fantasize this as kids, or like wrote comic books based on this. Like, oh, yeah. it's so cool that yeah. they were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right, guys. Well, where can people find you online? Yeah. Websites, Twitter, Instagram. Our company's website is in the meantime productions.com. Um, I am Gia Crovatin. I'm on Twitter at Gia Crovatin. And I'm at Liz Masucci. I'm the one that sounds like I have a cold, which I do <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> which is totally okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. I always feel like we sound worse when we, like in our heads, sound worse. But Oh, really? I, like I, I sound like I, I'm like, but you're, like yeah. Aunt Ida from like you know, <laughs> down the street, like Jersey City, just like measly. Just like, and like, like, get the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't sound like that at okay, all. No. Um, it's just how you're hearing it through <laughs> all of your Congestion. congestion. Oh my god, yeah. it's my actor insecurity coming back. <laughs> hey, we have it, right? That's yeah. that's why we make what we do, right? Yeah. Vulnerability. Well, thank you guys for yes. coming and talking thank to you us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. This was so fun. Good. Can't think- wait to post your film. And I know yeah. you guys are inspiring, making your own work. And I know. Yeah. Don't and give game. up, people. Listen, don't ever give up. That's just my parting shot. Yeah. Don't give up ever. Yeah. Absolutely, you can do it if here, you want here. to. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. And thank thank you guys for listening. Bye, guys. Cheers. (laughs)